0: Welcome to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. What is poetry? According to Carl Sandburg, poetry is a search for syllables to shoot at the barriers of the unknown and the unknowable. Poetry is a phantom script telling how rainbows are made and why they go away.
1: And what is the Commonwealth? It's a global phenomenon, a voluntary association of 54 independent and equal countries from across the world some large, some small, home in all to two and a half billion people.
0: And what is the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast? It's a place where every couple of weeks we get together to celebrate poetry and the Commonwealth with people from across the Commonwealth.
1: I'm Afra Brandreth.
0: I'm Giles Brandreth with a father and daughter embarking on a virtual trip around the world.
1: Discovering each of the 54 countries in the Commonwealth and exploring the poetry of those countries. And we're starting our adventures today in the United Kingdom at Clarence House in London.
0: Oh yes, Afra Clarence House, built by John Nash in the 1820s for King George III's third son, the Duke of Clarence, and now the home of their Royal Highnesses, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall.
1: And we're here as the guests of the Duchess of Cornwall, who is vice patron of the Royal Commonwealth Society and someone who is passionate about poetry, writing, reading, literacy, and the founder of the Duchess of Cornwall's reading room.
0: The Duchess of Cornwall's reading room. We are in the Duchess of Cornwall's garden room, am I right?
2: (laughs) You are right. We are in the garden room, not the reading room, just the garden room with
0: a few books around us. The Reading Room is a virtual place, isn't it, the Reading Room? It's, it it's your kind of book club? What is what is the...? Well, it is a book club. It's something
2: that um, I conjured up in lockdown yeah. when um, a lot of people wrote to me after I'd recommended a few, a few books for them to read. And um, it went so well, I got so many letters that I thought... Um, why not start, put it, you know, on a bigger scale? And I'm complete technophobe, so I knew nothing about Instagram. So it's only with the help of a lot of people um, who understood of social media that we were able to sort of launch it. And it took off. Um, there are a few people who are convinced that it, it wasn't going to go anywhere and it'd be a total flop. But luckily I've been able to prove them wrong and it's it's been a huge success. And as you know, Giles, you very kindly read a poem for it. <laughs> mm, beautifully, if I may add. Well, it was a challenging poem you gave me. <laughs> it was very challenging. Hiawatha. I, I'm very glad I didn't have to read With it. I've those... never got my tongue around those names.
0: Why is reading so important to you? Why is it important
2: reading? Well, you know, if we can't read, we can't do anything really in life, can we? I mean, If you can't read, you can't go out into the world. You can't get a job. You can't do anything. Anyway, I think reading sort of feeds the soul. And we all need ourselves feeding, don't we? And it's a way, it's it's a wonderful way to escape. You know, I have letters from people who say, um, you know, we're going through a terrible time. But we picked up a book, one of the books you recommended on your reading room. And, you know, we suddenly feel happy again.
1: We escaped. We read the book.
2: And we come back with a sort of clearer mindset.
1: We're here to discover more about the Commonwealth. The Prince of Wales is set to be the next head of the Commonwealth and you and he have visited so many Commonwealth countries. What does the Commonwealth mean to you? Um, I think the the main thing about the Commonwealth
2: is that it's it's a family. It's a family of 54 nations and um, you feel that when you go to visit Commonwealth countries. You just feel it's it's all part of this this big family.
0: Hmm. And are there particular Commonwealth countries that, of course, you'll be diplomatic. They all resonate with you. But are there moments from your Commonwealth trips that you think, oh, this is you know? I mean, when you go there, do you, is things like literacy? Do you follow that up? The interest you have here in the UK. Oh yes, do I do. You follow, yeah. Yes,
2: I do. Um, I try to find little pockets in in different countries that have, you know, that have either interested to have book clubs or interested writers, sort of unheard of writers. I remember in Nigeria I met a, a group of, in a tiny little bookshop, I mean, in the middle of nowhere in Lagos, which if you've been there is um, not the easiest place to find your way around. But uh, and there was this group of these wonderful writers and they very kindly, when I left, donated their books and... They were some of them were really good. Please don't ask me what they're called because I've I've forgotten. But they were wonderful, and um, I think in you know especially in places like India and and Pakistan are uh, they're you know they're very special because they're full of culture and. Um, You know, everywhere you go, there's something new
0: and exciting to see or to. Well, in India, they're incredible book readers, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And
2: then you look at some of. I've seen a lot. I've been lucky enough to see a lot of these wonderful old manuscripts and, you know, these illustrated books. You know, these ancient illustrated books, which are are completely fascinating. And of course, you've got so many good authors there. I mean, my favourite is Vikram Seth, who I, I love and. Um, I don't know, there are lots of countries that, um, now you put me on the spot. I mean, we visited Ghana uh, two or three, before the two, I can't remember, I've lost track, track of, time, of The, the world say. has lost track of time, we have lost time. Track of before track. the pandemic. And um, I just remember extraordinary things about it, like... Um, we had a, a, a banquet there with the president and his wife, which was a very sort of splendid affair. And, you know, I thought it was just eating and drinking. And to my amazement at the end of the banquet, the, the, president, the president got up and said, shall we dance? <laughs> and it was and we danced for hours. to the most incredible. They have wonderful, wonderful music there.
0: Well, that's one of the things we've been discovering, researching for the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast, is that while there is a literary tradition in many countries in the Commonwealth, much of the uh, tradition is musical mm. as much as literary. Mm. So some of the in the Poetry Podcast, we're going to be discovering some countries where it will be song rather than traditional poetry. And there's actually, some
2: wonderful, you know, wonderful songs and wonderful yes. music. And, of course, it's all so different wherever you go. I mean... We went to Papua New Guinea. Have you been to Papua New Guinea? No. They're, virtually, we're going to be going. <laughs> but we'd love to go in person. Uh, I think uh, virtually, wondering. it is a very, very long journey. Yeah. But it is a rather fascinating place to go to. It's marvellous. Yes. And they, again, have this sort of, you know, wonderful dancing and singing. and They always have this, this sort of welcome. You know, you always get these very vibrant, colourful welcomes wherever you go in the Commonwealth.
0: Well, that, that is the joy of the Commonwealth. Mm. It is these very different countries mm. around the world, quite a few of them in Europe, which I didn't understand. I mean, I was amazed to find they were European Commonwealth countries.
2: Well, I know. It's places like Malta. Yeah, mm.
0: yes, mm. which is definitely going to feature here. <laughs> Just one thing. Uh, tell me a little bit about the Queen's Commonwealth Essay Prize. This is something you've taken on. The Queen Victoria started mm. and the Queen was involved with for many years, and now it's your responsibility. And I've been to a few of the events.
2: You have. Well, we couldn't do it without you, Charles. You've been you. absolutely... You. <laughs> yeah, you've, been, you've been the sort of instrument that's, uh, that started the whole show. But what's interesting
0: <laughs> is that 15,000 or so young people from around the Commonwealth mm-hmm. write an essay... And it can be a poem, it can be a play. It can be a poem, it can, it can, be, be, an,
2: it can be an essay or anything. On a theme. Anything.
0: And explain how it works, I mean, essentially what happens. Well,
2: I think, well, I've, I think I, I've launched about three or four around the world. I launched one in New Zealand and I think in Ghana and um, a few other places. And they can, they can enter, I think it's up to 16. They can write anything they like. They have a theme every year and um, they write about this theme and they are so impressive aren't they I mean they incredible some of this writing you uh, I mean impossible thank god I'm not one of the judges but uh, they must be impossible to judge and you know there's real feeling and real sort of depth of thought goes into these essays and every year we've increased the entries and I hope this year especially jubilee year we're going to have uh, you know we're going to hopefully have a a Bumper
0: crop. What I love about it is it gives you hope for the world. You know, you come in to the event because they, they come, the, the winners are all hmm. brought to London and they go to Downing Street week and in they, 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 they and see they Parliament the, and, and they end up in a palace, a royal palace with a, a real member of the royal family. It's all extraordinary. But you meet these young people and they are, they're, some of them are realists, but all of them are optimists. Hmm. And it just makes you think, oh, I've been reading these terrible headlines, what a dreadful world it is. And then you meet these young people and think, oh, no, actually there is hope for the
2: and, and very funny, do you remember they wrote about COVID mm. last year? Mm. We saw, And some of them were really funny. I mean, they were able to, to laugh at it, which was, you know, it was a diff- different take on the whole.
0: Does your life make you optimistic? I mean, travelling around the Commonwealth?
2: Uh, I think it does. I, I think, well, I'm quite an optimistic person. So I'm always, I'm always hoping for the best. Yes, I think, I think it definitely does make me feel optimistic. I think it's lovely to meet you know, different people from different cultures and you, you get a different take on life from all of them.
0: Well, that's exactly what the mm. Commonwealth Poetry Podcast is about. And let's begin with your culture, your upbringing. When you were a little girl, did your parents read poems to you? What, what poems do you remember from your childhood?
2: um they did read they read books more than anything but there were certainly a lot of you know there were the obvious poems that we all learned as children we all had the owl and the pussycat we all <coughs> we all went to sea in our beautiful pea green boats um and then I was suddenly reminded yesterday of of a poem I hadn't heard for years you know something sort of triggers something in your brain from childhood and I was at a memorial service and um, somebody got up and read this poem and I thought my goodness that's a poem I remember so well but haven't thought about it's a Kipling it's a Kipling poem and it's called The Smuggler's Song do you remember it? No. No, it's extraordinary. I just remember, I just have to remember the verses. They always had this wonderful chorus which we as children had to recite. I did did sort of uh, write it down in case I forgot. It was five and twenty ponies trotting in the dark, brandy for the parson, backy for the clerk, laces for the ladies, Um, letters for the spies... Watch, my, watch the wall, my darling, as the gentleman ride by. Oh, it was a very famous poem. <laughs> it was very famous.
0: Very famous. I mean, as it were, in our parents' day. In our parents' day. Absolutely. And it was just,
2: it was about a child, you know, being woken up at midnight, obviously hearing the mm. smugglers going past. And, you know, I just, just remember my father reciting it to us. And he read the poem and we had to sing the chorus. So
0: We will put it on the mm. podcast website so that people can share it. Let me share with you a very <coughs> short poem that's, that's brand new. Mm-hmm. I went to the memorial service, the funeral, in fact, uh, and memorial for Jan Pinkowski, an artist, oh, yes, who so. created Meg Morganal, mm-hmm. lovely man, and his lifelong partner, David Walser, who was a poet and an artist and a ceramicist, he had written a poem that week. And it was so lovely that I, I wrote it down. And let me, since you talked about being at a memorial service yourself yesterday, mm-hmm. let me share it with you. Flowers come, they bloom and go. We love them and we miss them so. The same with friends. They come, they grow, and then one day they up and go. We love them and we miss them so.
2: Isn't that lovely?
0: Isn't that a charming well, little poem? I'd love to have a copy
2: of that. It's I, such it's such yes, a nice... Yes, I, I will get it. And it's very sort of short. It's short, can, it it's everything. sweet,
0: it comes from the heart, yes, and yes, um, yes. it's lovely. Yes. And I, I had it... I have it on me because yesterday I happened to be at the Royal Society of Portrait Painters and I was thinking why are these portrait painters important and I thought well actually friends do get up and go as mm-hmm. it were but if you have a painting of them it's a way of so it's that. a way of keeping yeah, a way is, of keeping them so uh, the poetry, as when you were a little girl, was that kind of poetry. But as you grew a little bit older, did you did you learn poems by heart as a child? You clearly did. You remember uh, well,
2: that Well, I, I remember those by heart. I'm not sure. I, I suppose we all had to learn poems by heart at school, and I think uh, I, I've. Forgotten most of those. I mean, again, you know, we, at which I'm, I'm always quoting is, you know, Matilda. Oh, yes, <laughs> so, Hilaire Hilaire one of his cautionary oh, tellers. How does yeah, how does that begin? Absolutely. Remind us how that one begins. Uh, Matilda tells such dreadful lies it made one gasp and stretch one's eyes. Her aunt, who from her earliest youth had had a strict regard for truth, attempted to believe. Matilda, the effort very nearly killed her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the value, do you think, for small children of, of learning poetry by heart, of becoming familiar with poetry? Well,
2: I don't know. But A, I think it, it makes them concentrate, doesn't it? I mean, if you have to learn something by heart, you look at it. Uh, you you sort of look at it properly. You don't just sort of read through it. And I think it's it's a lovely thing to sort of store. You know, you can have a little store where you've got all these these poems sort of in you for the rest of your life and at some point you know rather like today you can bring them out yeah. and talk about them
0: well I find them very concerning if I can't get to sleep at night I go through the poems of my childhood in my head to help me go to sleep but you know there's research that shows if you are an unborn baby mm. reciting poetry even to your unborn child mm. uh, will help it with mm. its language skills development. Mm, is that extraordinary? That is. Something about the, the rhythm of the poetry. Yeah, I think rhythm is so important. Yeah, and I love rhythmical
2: So poetry. do I. I, I. I'm afraid I'm not very good on poems that, that lack rhythm. Yeah. You know, I like
0: a really good... You will also be interested to know, <laughs> given that we are of oh. an age, um, <laughs> that um, uh, for older people, learning poetry by heart oh. is very good for keeping the synapses supple. And, you know, getting the, the brain working. Getting the old grey matter. Yes, <laughs> can even help, they say, keep dementia at bay.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure that's true. That's why I think Poetry Together, which we've yes. done together, is so important to get the young and the old reciting poems together. But I think it's very good for, for
0: both generations. This is a project where we get people from often from care homes mm. and children. They, they each learn the same poem, come together, tea, cake... And perform the poem together, and it's fun. Multi multi generational. Charming. So. What what poetry did you share with your children when they were growing up?
2: Um, I think probably the same sort of poetry that I, you know, I had. Again, we went through, you know, the jumblies, again back to the island puss cat, you know, and all. I suppose I don't know whether you ever count nursery rhymes. Mm. That is poetry. It really. is, isn't it? And there are always a few deviations from. Nursery rhymes that we went along, and I remember as they they got older. I think um, I I always remember reading, you know, again one of my favourite poems, the the night mail, which ah. is, you know, because trying to explain to them that you know it, it was it was was a train going along the tracks, and and when you listen to the poem, it is like a train going along, isn't it?
1: Yeah the rhythm builds it's, as you go it through builds, it as exactly,
0: if the journey like is fast fast. This depressing. is W H Auden's poem uh the Nightmare and we've yeah. got we've got happily we've got a copy of it here do you want to do you want to read it or um, oh. You don't have to.
2: Well, I, I can try a bit. I'm not you, sure how far I'll, I'll get. You within. read a bit. Why <clears> don't
0: you read the first two lines, and course. I'll read the next two lines, and we can do it like that. We Just a little do it bit of like it. That.
2: Where have we got? You you be it a like clear.
0: the carriages of the train. Oh, in fact, oh, what well, perfect timing! Oh, coming
2: into the room. Uh, in, sir, we've oh, actually dame. got a real oh, actress. <laughs> well, this is the perfect time traffic it's a complete nightmare it's completely
3: I've tried about 5 different ways it, it,
0: I mean, Come uh, near we, the microphone we, so we, we can we, pick we, up your excuses because this is a podcast I've so we don't by drop these things <laughs> Good morning. Dame I'm Joanna Lumley has joined the party. I've got hay fever. We? <laughs> we, are, we are in the garden room. If you've just tuned into our podcast and you want to know what's going on, it's the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast with Her Royal Highness the Duchess of Cornwall, who has kindly invited us to be in the garden room at Clarence House. Dame Joanna Lumley... Uh, very kindly volunteered yeah. to come and read some of the poems. Yeah. We were almost reduced to reading, reading The Nightmare. We'd just we just got to, to take The Nightmare. It light
2: by light, but now we've got the expert here. Well, we we
0: it's are. Slightly galling for me here. because I don't know whether I'm allowed to reveal this, okay. but I shall. Uh-huh. Uh, for the reading room, uh-huh. I was asked by the team who run the reading room. To read a little bit of something for um, the, the Duchess's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Bernard Levin, the journalist? Of course I do. He did a wonderful compilation of phrases from Shakespeare yeah. that he turned into a kind of speech. Yeah. Because in Shakespeare, uh, you know, but me no buts, yeah. uh, what the dickens, it's all from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Almost everything we say is from Shakespeare. And I I went to some trouble and recorded this. I thought quite effectively and and sent it into the Duchess's reading room. And then I got a message coming back saying, well, uh, the Duchess is most grateful for your kind contribution but has chosen the version of this performed by the Prince of Wales.
2: (laughs) Anyway, he was allowed to read. He was allowed to read Hire-Wosser, which you did brilliantly. Thank you. So the <laughs> point is,
0: we were about to read Night Mail by W. H. Auden oh, between are? us, mm. uh, and uh, I'm going to be denied. Now, th- I'm, I'm going to be, be denied to that it. because we want you to read it.
3: No, 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 not all of it. Yes, we shall do.
0: Do, do we? Well, shall we? Shall we, Your Highness? Do the first. Alternate bits down to the lo- the bit that Dawn Freshens and Joanna can come in on Dawn Freshens.
3: Dawn Freshens? No, What do you think? To... As opposed to Dawn French. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> there we
0: are. Okay, so where we is, were... is Dawn and then, Freshens?
3: Uh, then does Afro come in?
2: Where shall I? Yeah, well, I think she would have a go. Yeah, I think so. Look, Afro oh, I... could go to
0: Thousands Are Still Asleep. Thousands are still asleep.
1: Excellent.
2: <laughs> yes, okay. In the rocks, All right. right. I've lost Dawn Freshens. You look at our um, 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 page too. Uh, yes, because all mine's differently done. Yeah. The pink, the violet. Ooh,
3: where <laughs> we
0: uh, How are we doing?
2: Not very really well. Have we got uh,
0: you got a different version of the no, 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 I've got
2: no, no, thousands. No, no, no. Dawn Freshens. Oh, Dawn
0: Freshens. That, that's where Joanna will <laughs> yeah. come in. So you and I will take alternate two lines. Okay. Okay. This, can I say to Commonwealth Poetry <gasps> Podcast listeners? Yes. The 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 fun of getting people together Mm. and sharing poetry. This Mm. is in part what this is about. Mm. We're sharing poetry internationally, but also why not get together with friends and have a poetry morning?
3: I sometimes read poetry over the phone to people. You can hear the quiet click as they put... The <laughs> <sound>. <laughs> in,
0: in some countries, they still have that t- 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 clock you can telephone, you know, to find out what the time is. I
2: do. I still ring it. Tim, Because I've never... Tim, one, two, three. I Tim all the time. I never have a watch. I never ring the time. Well, I rely it, it, on Tim.
0: It's time to read Nightmare by W.H. Auden, who was born in 1907 and lived to 1973. It's a wonderful poem, and the rhythm here is extraordinary. Your Highness, take it away.
2: This is the nightmare crossing the border, bringing the cheque and the postal order. Letters
0: for the rich, letters for the poor, the shop at the corner, the girl next door.
2: Pulling up Beetok, a steady climb, the gradient's against her, but
0: she's on time. Past cotton grass and moorland boulder, shovelling white steam over her shoulder.
2: Snorting noisily as she passes, silent miles of
0: wind-bet grasses. Birds turn their heads as she approaches, stare from bushes at her blank-faced coaches. Sheepdogs cannot turn her course. They slumber on with paws across. In the farm she passes, no one wakes, but a jug in a bedroom gently shakes. Dawn freshens.
3: Her climb is done. Down towards Glasgow she descends, towards the steam tugs yelping down a glade of cranes, towards the field of apparatus, the furnaces set on the dark plain like gigantic chessmen. All Scotland waits for her, in dark glens, Beside pale green lochs, men long for news. Letters of thanks, letters from banks, letters of joy from girl and boy, receipted bills and invitations to inspect new stock or to visit relations, and applications for situations, and timid lovers' declarations, and gossip Gossip from all the nations. News circumstantial. News financial. Letters with holiday snaps to enlarge in. Letters with faces scrawled in the margin. Letters from uncles, cousins and aunts. Letters to Scotland from the south of France. Letters of condolence to highlands and lowlands. Written on paper of every hue. The pink, the violet, the white and the blue. The chatty, the catty, the boring, the adoring. The cold and official. And the hearts outpouring. Clever, stupid, short and long, the typed
1: and the printed, and the spelt all wrong. Thousands are still asleep, dreaming of terrifying monsters, or a friendly tea beside the band in Cranston's or Crawford's. Asleep in work in Glasgow, asleep in well-set Edinburgh, asleep in granite Aberdeen, they continue their dreams, but shall wake soon and hope for letters, and none will hear the postman's knock, without a quickening of the heart, for who can bear to feel himself forgotten?
0: It's a wonderful poem. It is, isn't it? isn't it? And it was done, I think, as a kind of commentary to a film.
1: And the film was a
2: flop, wasn't it?
0: Oh, was it? I think
2: and the, the poem lived on, but yeah. I think the and the film didn't didn't have many viewers. Didn't it have that music behind it? Who wrote the music? Because it was always a and it was read out as a sort of
3: And then the slowing and the steam. My favourite line. Is shoveling white steam over her shoulder. Isn't that exactly <laughs> the vision of these sort of chunks of light, fluffy, huge clouds? Uh,
0: your Highness, you have <laughs> known some poets in your time, haven't you? You've no. met some. You, did you meet did you know John Betchman?
2: I do, yes. Betch, my father always called him. Ah. He was a huge friend of my father's and also Canada yeah. was a, a great. This great is Scandaliza Green, yeah. Yes. So I used to go, um, she lived very near me. And she used to have these wonderful dinners with Betch, who was uh, then there. Used to be Osbert Lancaster and John Piper and oh. John Sparrow, and they all did these sort of wonderful sort of performances after dinner. And I remember absolutely mortified, praying it wouldn't come round to me and judging my moment to to rush for the loo and go and sit outside till they passed my turn, but. But it's something I, I've never forgotten, mm. and he was an incredibly funny man, Petch. Mm. You know, he had that—he could open his mouth and that roar of laughter, mm. which Canada had the same. And mm. I mean, you know, he had a very depressive side as well. But um, I don't know—it was always—it was always a joy to sit next to him because he was so original.
0: And, and his poetry always had rhythm. Oh, I not. love his poetry. So rhythm, they always rhythm, make
2: a lot. I mean, Some are very sad, but some yeah. are really funny. I think
3: his poetry was like, because some people were quite well, sneery. They know. are, I couldn't agree but more. But I think his poetry is as valuable as the Vermeer interiors, the Dutch interiors, completely domestic, mm. tiny, not reaching for huge mm. unknown things or just observations. Mm. A packet of weights pressed in the sand and things like this. These extraordinary observations of Surrey. Yeah.
2: No, Surrey and Slough. And slow. And
3: slow. And oh, come, and, friendly bombs, come, and yes. Fall on yes. Slough, it doesn't fit for humans now. But he I, he's one of my magicians, and so some of the poems I have by heart are Betjeman's. Mm, well,
0: do, do you have this one by heart? The Subaltern's love song? Oh. Is this the one pleased to hear, so no, I don't. Why anyway. have you chosen this, your uh, one?
2: I voice? don't, I just, I just don't know. I just love it. Always, sometimes when you're just... Sitting, thinking about nothing. Joan Hunter Dunn seems to come into my—I I, don't—I can imagine this lady, furnished and burnished by the old shot sun. You can imagine this very sort of Amazonian lady, bronzed, you know, by the, the, the summer sun, and, and you know this subaltern being besotted by this creature. And I love the idea, which we all remember, of tennis rackets and presses. Do you remember those very well wooden in, in the crest right, coming out? Uh, I just find it very
3: nostalgic. Mm. I think that uh, Miss J. Hunterdown must have been a cousin of Pam, the great big mountainous sports girl whizzing them over the net with the strength of five, <laughs> <laughs> while her old Malvernian brother... I don't it's know, he, a, just a, had, he just had a... Mm. He could just lance. Mm. He was You sensational. can see... I
2: mean, you can shut your eyes and you can see the picture, can't you? Completely. Yeah, you know, you can see Cambly. Yeah. You can see the euonymus, eu- 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 yeah, you know, yes. planted yeah. in the garden. You
3: He's know. a magician, I adore him. Well,
0: we've got the poem here, Joanna. We have. And would you kindly read it for I'd us? I'd
3: love to. It's a subaltern's love song. Mm. Miss J. Hunter Dunn, Miss J. Hunter Dunn, Furnished and burnished by Aldershot's son, What strenuous singles we played after tea, We in the tournament, you against me. Love thirty, love forty, oh, weakness of joy, with the speed of a swallow, the grace of a boy, with carefullest carelessness, gaily you won. I am weak from your loveliness, Joan Hunter Dunn. Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, how mad I am, sad I am, glad that you won. The warm-handled racket is back in its press, but my shock-headed Victor, she loves me no less. Her father's euonymus shines as we walk and swing past the summer house buried in talk and cool the veranda that welcomes us in to the six o'clock news and a lime juice and gin. The scent of the conifers, sound of the bath, the view from my bedroom of moss-dappled path as I struggle with double-end evening tie, for we dance at the golf club, my Victor and I. On the floor of her bedroom lie blazer and shorts and the cream-coloured walls are betrothed with sports and westering questioning settles the sun on your low-leaded window, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. The hillman is waiting, the lights in the hall, the pictures of Egypt are bright on the wall. My sweet, I am standing beside the oak stair and there on the landings the light on your hair. By roads not adopted, by woodlanded ways, she drove to the club in the late summer haze into nine o'clock camberley, heavy with bells and mushroomy, pine-woody, evergreen smells. Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, I can hear from the car park, the dance has begun. Oh, Surrey twilight, importunate band, oh, strongly adorable tennis girl's hand. Around us are Rovers and Austins afar. Above us, the intimate roof of my car. And here on my right is the girl of my choice with the tilt of her nose and the chime of her voice and the scent of her rap and the words never said and the ominous, ominous dancing ahead. We sat in the car till twenty to one and now I'm engaged to Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. yes (laughs)
2: yes <laughs> it's so charming it's you can, high, can picture the whole thing mm, you do
3: absolutely. and this rather shy gorgeous boy yes i, roger, I think he's rather handsome he probably is very handsome but probably a little bit impoverished i have a feeling and he's hoping mm. that he can just pass master with the yeah. with that frightful tying of the bow tie. Yes, desperately <laughs> trying, boat try, trying. by complete
0: contrast yeah. another poet you i think knew yeah. but is so different ted hughes Did you know Ted Hughes? Well, I I didn't know him. I kept missing him.
2: He he stayed a lot with my husband uh, in Scotland. But um, my children were lucky enough to to be up there uh, when he was staying. And he gathered them all around. A lot of them were quite young. And made them all recite poetry and you know they were overcome I think my daughter was about 16 or something and Did
1: she fall horrified, she
2: absolutely enough? but horrified the idea oh, of yeah. having to get up and oh. in front of everybody and say a poem and um, sort of desperately try to get Tom to do it for her but um, looking back on it they said it was you know one of the greatest experiences they ever had because he was a sort of storyteller and he, he just captivated the entire, whatever the age was, he captivated the, the audience. And um, sadly, um, before I had a chance to meet it, meet him, he died. I, I know no, Carol very well. So I've read a lot of his poems.
0: Robert Burns, do you like him? Mm, I do like him. I do, do like I mean, him. I mean, he's a controversial figure now, you know, because his own oh, life was... Oh, yes, of course he uh, is. So, I mean... Uh, I don't know what to say, mm. he, but he lived. He lived a full life mm. and some of his personal behaviour was mm. reprehensible, um, he, but I, nonetheless, the poetry moving. works. He and he is, he's, he's, he's Scotland's national poet, isn't
2: he? He is, and yeah. if you love Scotland, you can't, you know, I never can resist, you know, my heart is in the highlands because whenever I'm in Scotland and have to leave, you know, mm. our time there comes to an end, I always think about that poem. Mm.
0: Are there any poets that you found difficult that you didn't like? That when you were doing them at school, I mean, were you were you okay with Wordsworth and Keats and Shelley uh, and
2: those? I, I find Coleridge quite difficult. Um, I think um, Wordsworth, yes, I, I, I quite liked. I, I loved. Uh, I loved Tennyson and oh. um, uh, Longfellow. Okay. I loved. Loved it. Good. I love Tennyson's yeah. shortest poem. Mm-hmm.
3: Crossing the Bar, which many consider to be his finest. Yeah. There's only two verses, which I shall not give you now. But anyway, <laughs> they, they're excellent yeah. for reading, if yeah. you can stop blubbing at funerals yeah. and things like that. Mm. I hope to meet my pilot face-to-face when I've crossed the bar. Mm. But it's mostly mm. for nautical people who know that the bar mm. is that kind of ridge of sand, so the sea goes out and then there's the bar it, oh, exactly, under oh, the water, exactly. and then, mm. the, then suddenly the deep ocean begins. Mm. And so quite often when you're sailing mm. in your little ship, you cross the bar, mm. and so this is crossing over from life into death. Mm.
0: We've only got time for one more poem. It's oh, not then. going to be "My Heart Is <coughs> in the Highlands" that we've got it here, mm. simply because I, I have a recollection that the Prince of Wales has read this, and it's probably a, times. yes, exactly, mm. and it's <laughs> available on mm. the reading room. So <laughs> I mean, since oh, I since he seems to want it's, to take all the best, poems, <laughs> let people seek that out elsewhere.
2: But his favourite poem is "High of
0: Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, good. So have you, have you played him my favorite version favorite yet? Mm. And so he can be impressed with it. He that, has.
2: He has seen it. I've showed it to him.
0: Because this is the sort of stuff that my wife and I will be discussing at our next Relate meeting. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you have chosen for our last poem something by Christina Rossetti. Tell me, 1830, 1894, tell me. I don't, every it. time I read uh, I read a
2: poem by her, I just, I want to cry. Mm. I mean, she, they're usually, you know, they're usually read at funerals and memorial services. Um, um, you know, i read all of them and I thought, You know, I think this echo is is it 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 just it stirs something in in me. I Mm. think it's so moving and so beautiful and Mm. it's probably what we're all thinking about when somebody dies or leaves us. And I think she was she was very religious, wasn't she? She was sort of overtaken by religion. I think think her life was it was quite peculiar, wasn't it?
3: And her right. most famous poem, or the one we know mm. most, is in the bleak midwinter, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, because yes. it comes around every Christmas, exactly, and we and remind ourselves. And you always
2: of... forget that, because yes, it, because it's a hymn. Yes, you sort of don't, don't sort of tie it up with mm. being a poem too.
0: Also. Joanna, you've got a copy there. Mm. Share with us no. "Echo" by Christina Rossetti.
3: Come to me in the silence of the night. Come in the speaking silence of a dream. Come with soft rounded cheeks. And eyes as bright as sunlight on a stream Come back in tears, O oh, memory, hope Love of finished years O oh, dream how sweet, too sweet, too bittersweet Whose wakening should have been in paradise Where souls brimful of love abide and meet Where thirsting, longing eyes watch the slow door That opening, letting in Let's out no more. Yet come to me in dreams that I may live my very life again, though cold in death. Come back to me in dreams that I may give pulse for pulse, breath for breath. Speak low, lean low, as long ago, my love. How long ago?
0: What's extraordinary to me about poetry is that it does things that other things can't do, in a way, isn't it? I mean, it, it creates a mood there with words mm. that... Well, maybe music could create that mood as well. Mm. And you don't always, I think, need to understand everything.
2: No, I couldn't agree more. It's just you you sort of go with it, don't you? you it's, it sort of takes a hold of you.
0: And, yes, it does. Mm, mm. In a nutshell because we're coming to the end of our time. What, Joanna, does poetry mean for you? What is Why is it important to you?
3: I can't travel without it. It's beside my bed. It's in my pocket when I travel. I pack a poetry book. I try to learn it, sometimes failing slightly because I don't get quite through it. But um, I have it tucked away in my ribs. Mm. And when sorrow or happiness overwhelms me, I walk along and say it aloud to myself. It means everything to me.
0: And Your Own Highness, for you, what does poetry mean?
2: Well, I think I'd rather agree with Joanna. I, there are times when you're feeling very sad or very happy, and you can again reach for a poem, and it—it it sort of—it ident- you can get a poem to identify with your mood, whether you're happy or sad. And you know, it's lovely to have a compact book of poetry. I mean, I love. Uh, other Men's Flowers, Lord Wavell, which, you know, I've got several copies in several places, and you always find a poem that suits, suits that
0: moment to read in, in that book. This was an anthology put together by Lord Wavell, great wartime general, a poetry that he, I think, remembered by heart. He had it in his head, didn't he? Every single one. Uh, and he just put them down, and there they are. It's a, it's a wonderful anthology. It is. Wonderful. Well, look, that's it. Oh, don't let's stop. I know. We've, we've, <laughs> I know, isn't it? But it's that's, that's the joy I of this, that I, we want to encourage people. This has been a very British episode. We've been celebrating British poets. Mm. But over the next 54 weeks, we're going to be literally travelling around the They're world. we are
2: going virtually to every oh, pub of World capture. Uh, I can't believe it. When them. I hear the
0: aeroplane arriving <laughs> to take me <laughs> to <who's laughs> your next.
2: That'll be me going <laughs> off to Rwanda. And that that is where
0: you're going out. next. Well, well, we'll all try. We'd all love to go to Rwanda, would I've been
2: to
0: Rwanda. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's like? You can, you can breathe by Ron
3: It's as beautiful as you can imagine. Well,
2: that's what everybody tells me. It's got
3: terraced me. hills mm, like mm, Italy. Mm. It's ravishing. And with it's, the very, high, isn't it? it's yeah. very high.
1: It's very high. Did you see the gorillas? That's what I want to go
3: and see. We didn't. I didn't, because I was following the Nile to its longest source, which comes from the high, high hills, mm. about 8,000 feet up in the forests. Pr- primeval forests. Oh, and and couples, uh, oh, goodness, I'm uh, it's having the a longest, geography lesson. It comes and, uh, the yeah. longest source of the Nile comes down into Lake Victoria. We didn't
0: know the Nile ended up in Rwanda. Like
2: so no, this I is why people that. listen to the... I keep the, that in my pocket. <laughs> well,
0: one of the interesting things is, for those who are interested in the Commonwealth, mm-hmm. uh, uh, each episode as well, we're going to be discovering things about that Commonwealth country, oh, that's uh, which is extraordinary. And also one of the other things I found fascinating is that many Commonwealth countries don't necessarily have a British heritage There are new countries wanting to join the Commonwealth in Mm -hmm. recent years, which is fantastic. And they do simply regard it as a family Mm. of nations, Mm. um, free, independent, getting together. And what we want is free, independent people to get together and enjoy poetry over coffee, over tea, late at night, on your own, or, you know, with the family, with friends. Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Our thanks to Her Royal Highness, the Duchess of Cornwall, and to Dame Joanna Lumley.
1: In our next episode, we're visiting Rwanda, yes. a beautiful country with a troubled past, and we're going to be meeting a Rwandan poet who confronts both its beauty and its pain.
0: And then, I think, it's St. Kitts and Nevis, and then the Cameroon, Solomon Islands, Australia, Cyprus. Yeah, 54 episodes. We're going around the world, around the Commonwealth, in, the words, in words of poetry and occasionally in song.
1: Thanks for being with us for this opening episode, produced by staff and students from the University of Chester.
0: That's it from Clarence House with the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Rwanda, here we come.